All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Iria. Welcome to my podcast, Quarantine. Um, it is currently April 3rd, 2020. Um, I don't even know what day of quarantine this actually is. It's been a while. Um, so yeah, I made this podcast just like late one night. I was like, you know what? I have so much free time now. I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to name it Quarantine. So that's what this is. Um, I'm just going to be talking about anything and everything. Honestly, just one thing about me is I ramble a lot and I go on tangents. So I was like, let's just, you know, take advantage of that and let's turn it into something. Whether it'll be good or not, I truly don't know. But that's why we're here to figure it out, you know? So let's talk about me for a second. And then let's talk a little bit about COVID-19 and what's going on there and how like my life has adjusted to it. And then let's just, you know, move on to happier, better things. Okay, great. So like I said, my name is Iria. I'm 18. I'm a senior in high school right now. Um, that's kind of where I am in all of this mess. And like I said, I started this podcast just kind of on a whim, just because I know I talk a lot. So yeah, um, in terms of my life in all of this, also I have some tea with me. So I'm sorry if you can hear it. Where I am in all of this slash updates on COVID-19. Or let me just like take you guys back to the beginning and how this all happened for me because my stance on it is so different now than it was before. So I remember um, people talking about the coronavirus in like China and South Korea for a while. And I was like, oh, like it's fine. Like I didn't know of its like severity and then when it reached the US and people started dying here or just contracting the virus here is when I was like okay this is you know a little bit more serious but like people are saying on the news it's just another version of the flu like it shouldn't get too bad or I didn't hear that it shouldn't get too bad but I didn't know like like the intensity of the virus so then um early March I want to say is when it started to, you know, get out of hand here in the United States. And um, you we saw more cases pop up here in Washington, where I live. And so then it became a little bit more concerning. However, we were still, you know, doing our daily routines, going to school, going to work, after school activities, you know, large gatherings, the whole bit. So then I feel like it just felt like an, very, a very sudden change. It was just like one day I remember telling my friends, guys, it's not that serious. Everyone calm down. Stop with the Lysol and the Clorox wipes. And then the next day I was like, okay, this is actually a bit concerning. I don't know why we're still in school. Like I would wake up and be like, this is dangerous. Why are we still going to school? Because at that point, large gatherings had gone down to maybe 50 people or 500 people. I think... I think it was 500 people. And obviously, you know, I go to a public school in the city. Obviously, the population at my school is over 500 people. So I was like, all right, we need to get this together. This isn't going to work. Then I want to say March 11th, maybe, where, you know, 
um, me and two of my other friends are sitting in like the common area at school. We're just chilling, you know, waiting to go to our last class of the day. And we get a notification that school is going to be closed for two weeks for like sanitation, like deep clean of the school. And we're like, wow. You know, people are cheering, shouting the whole nine. Like, they're like, no school, da 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 And I, you know, I was excited too. I was like, great, like, no school. But also, like, this is what would be need. It took them long enough, you know? So that was fun. That was exciting. The teachers found out at about the same time that we did. So they were just as clueless as, like, to what this meant for schoolwork and tests and everything like that. So that day, you know, we all went home. It was like a Wednesday, so we all went home Wednesday afternoon, and then we woke up Thursday to if, to news that we would be out of school for six to eight weeks. So overnight, not even 24 hours, we went from not being in school for two weeks to not being in school for six to eight weeks. That happened in less than 24 hours. So Wednesday, I was happy. Thursday, I was so confused because I was like okay if it's six to eight weeks now I can only imagine what it's going to be in March I can only imagine what it's going to be in April and here we are April 3rd and Jay Inslee our governor has put in two stay-at-home orders the first one was for two weeks and the next one we won't be out of here he says until May 4th and it is April 3rd so we have another month in you know, self-isolation, self-quarantine, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, currently sitting here on week, I don't even know. My days have gotten a lot busier, a lot, lot more hectic. Um, Like I said, the teachers found out about the two-week off period, sanitation period, the same time we did. So they were very confused on how they were supposed to distribute work because we were in the middle of a quarter and we still are in the middle of a quarter so it was very hard for them to figure it out Um, because we have a large homeless population at our school and therefore they don't have many resources like we use um, a website called Schoology and so they wouldn't be able to access that because along with schools a lot of libraries closed so there was just nowhere for them to you know reach their teachers so I think they battled with how to um, how to kind of just do that in general, like the school district. So I think they battled with that for a little bit. And then they finally just were like, OK, we need to do we need to give them something, which I understand. Like, I understand completely like, OK, you know, these are high schoolers. Our job is to keep them like stimulated and learning. So we need to continue doing that. However, I think it is unfortunate that such a large population has to go without it and there's no way for them or, you know, I'm not going to speak. I can't speak for them because I don't know everyone's personal situation, but I do know that it is harder for some people to get resources. And I just think it's kind of unfortunate that school happens to be a place where they do receive a lot of those resources, like warm food, shelter, things like that. And now that that's been turned away for turned away from them it's just it's kind of like saddening to me but so we went from like not having any work not having any contact with teachers to what I felt like was a dump of work like all my teachers kind of just like came at me 
<laughs> or it came at um, Schoology, which is like our learning little portal thing all at once with just like work. And I was like, whoa, like, whoa. I'm not complaining, obviously, but it's just like, wow, this is a lot of work. I need to figure out how to put this back into my schedule after not having work for a good like three weeks, you know? And it was just really weird. But I'm getting the hang of it now. Luckily, I only have like five classes instead of six. So it's a tiny bit more, you know, manageable. And plus, teachers are like being more understanding considering the circumstances. So I truly can't be too mad. I just need to figure out how to work it back into my schedule. But when it comes to other things, you know, like I said, I am a senior. So when it comes to things like prom and graduation, you know, it gets a little bit more rocky. So um, the other day, our district sent out or just kind of like put this thing on the website about just updates for seniors because we were all concerned about graduation requirements and yada yada. So basically they said that they will be waived, you know, that we're eligible to like waive the requirements but at the same time, they were like saying that they're going to help us find ways to achieve the requirements. So I'm a bit confused on how those two, you know, work together. Like, let's say I still need to finish my like government requirement. So am I going to waive it or do I need to, are they going to find another way for me to, you know, fulfill it? Like, I'm really confused. But I'll cross that bridge when it's, you know, it gets to me. That's another thing is that, like, every hour, at, like, th- like there's something new happening. Like, yesterday I woke up. My sleep schedule has been awful. Um, but I woke up and, you know, like, my math teacher had given us updates on, like, what was going on. But then there was, like, an update, like, an hour later on something else. And I was just like, okay, guys, let's, you know, let's chill out. Let's really figure out what's going on. Let's not, you know overload the students with information it can be really overwhelming in a time like this where there's already so much going on and I know I'm in a pretty fortunate position I can only imagine you know people who are being more like directly affected by this virus than I am because as like as of right now no one I know has it but I know for a fact that there are people out there who know people who have it and that can be really stressful and put on you know and having like schoolwork and figuring out how to get those graduation requirements can be very, very stressful. I can only imagine. So yeah, but you know, graduation and prom, nothing's promised right now. Nothing's being said. We're supposed to get an update on prom on May 1st. That's a whole another month to go. I'm not very hopeful that we're going to have one, unfortunately. And same goes with graduation. I don't think we're going to have a real life, you know, walking across the stage, cap and gown, graduation, unfortunately, but there's truly nothing we can do about it, which is kind of the worst part, you know, we kind of just have to, like, accept the fact that this is the world that we're living in currently, and we just have to take it day by day, because, you know, everyone looks forward, or most people look forward to that prom experience you know getting dressed with your class you know your last school dance all of it you know the whole nine just everything and same with graduation you know walking across the stage with your class just saying goodbye and it really sucks like thinking that 
the last time that we were at school is the last time that you're going to see your friends, you know, because everyone's going somewhere different for college, doing different things after high school. I'm slowly but surely coming to terms with it. Um, I just hope we're out of here by summer so I can at least get the summer with my friends. That's all I ask for, Miss Corona. That's all. Okay, transitioning into something on a higher note, something a little bit happier. Let's talk about how I'm like doing in quarantine because <laughs> I like I talk to my friends, you know, and it's very interesting seeing how our schedules differ. It's actually quite hilarious. So, my schedule looks a little something like this. I wake up anywhere between one o'clock and three o'clock, and I usually am on my phone, you know, YouTube or something, and then I realize that I have work to do, so then I sit down. Um, The two main classes that I've had work for have been um, physics and Spanish, so that's been taking up majority of my time, and then I FaceTime my boyfriend for a very long time. Shout out to you, Aiden. (laughs) hi um for literally hours and i just sit there and watch him play video games it's it's the life (laughs) um that was very sarcastic by the way um but it's fine because he lives he doesn't live like very very close to me so um it's nice just to see his face and talk to him and we're literally on facetime until like six o'clock in the morning and it's really bad i understand but I wake up and I just, you know, I'm in the same place doing the same thing. So, like, it's not that bad. Um, I recently incorporated working out into my routine, which feels really, really good just to, you know, get my body moving and, like, feeling that because I am a dancer. And so so not having that routine of, like, every Monday and Wednesday meeting for, like, anywhere from one hour to two and a half hours is a little bit of a change. So working out really helps me, you know, get my muscles moving and just, you know, so yeah, I've worked that into it. Um, I cook a lot. I've cooked brownies, banana bread. Like, I've just been, you know, doing everything quite sporadically, honestly. And I'm not too mad at it. Um, I am a person who does not like change, and I'm a very like routine person. But though this whole Corona thing is a mess, I'm just taking it for what it is, and just taking this time to relax. Just taking the time to relax, and one day at a time, you know, just practicing that one day at a time mentality because. I am the type of person that will look like 50 days in advance and stress myself out till no end and then crawl, want to crawl into a hole and just, you know, be there forever. So this is really helping me just kind of one day at a time, you know, I'll do something this day and then I'll wake up tomorrow and, you know, figure out what I'm going to do the next day. But I find it funny compared to my friends because like when I'm talking to my friends or FaceTiming them. I'll be like, oh, like, how are you guys? You know, what's you guys, what did you guys do today? And they're like, oh, actually. And they go on this, like, whole, like, you know, list. They're like, oh, I redecorated my room. I went for a walk. Like, oh, I cooked lunch. Oh, you know, just, like, all this stuff. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I just got up. <laughs> so <laughs> good morning to you. Um, no, but I love it. I missed my friends dearly. I love talking to them. They're really helping me get through this. They're just beautiful souls and you know, they really give me hope for this world. So shout out to you guys, because you're great. Now that we've got that out of the way, just, you know, little COVID stuff. 
let's have a little bit of fun, you know, because if you don't know me, just kidding. (laughs) How am I going to get across my sense of humor in this? Because my sense of humor is so particular. I just, wow. All right. I didn't think about that. Okay. So let's move on to something that's just sweeping the nation right now. And I have a big smile on my face and I don't know why, because I low-key hate this. But let's talk about Tiger King, guys. Let's talk about Tiger King because I have some things that need to be said, okay? So, if you don't know, Tiger King is this new, like, seven, eight episode documentary on these people, specifically Joe Exotic, who have these, like, big cat reserves. You know, they're like, they're called, like, side. I don't know. They're just like zoos, but they're not, you know, they're not zoos. They're zoos, but they're not zoos. They have like these big cats and bears and Lord knows what else on these big acre, like on these, on these big plots of land. And they, you know, allow people to come and like pet the cats and take pictures with them and all of this crazy stuff. So... When my friend first told me about it, he was like, oh, like, you guys should really watch Tiger King. It's really crazy. And I was, for some reason, I was like, I genuinely have no interest in knowing about, like, this guy who, I was under the impression, like, the whole thing was about this guy who, like, kills tigers. And I was like, why would I want to watch something about that? Like, no. (laughs) You know, hashtag save the tigers. Like, what? But... I started to see it more and more, like, on my Twitter feed. Speaking of which, I freaking am an idiot, and I had to make a completely new Twitter, which, if you don't know, like, your timeline is everything when it comes to Twitter. And I had, like, perfected mine to fit every aspect of myself, and the fact that I had to restart that was one of the most devastating things that had happened to me this week, which, obviously, there's bigger problems in the world, and I'm being dramatic and hyperbolic, but... It was very unfortunate, and I'm starting from the ground and building myself back up on Twitter, and it's going to take me a while, but I've got time, don't I? Tiger King, right? Started seeing it more on my Twitter. I was like, okay, let me just see. Let me just see. So one night, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm in my kitchen, and I'm like, all right, let's just press play. Let's just see what it's about. And boy, when I tell you, I don't know if that was a mistake or not. I truly cannot tell you. Like, literally, as soon as I started watching it, I was like, I don't know what I just got myself into. Like, what is this? Like, genuinely, what is this? I kind of, like, documented my first couple of reactions on my Snapchat. And I was like, I'm already over this. Like, why do these people need these big cats? I said, was a European short hair not enough for you? Was a small little cat not enough for you? You had to go out and get tigers, lynx, snow leopards. Like, I just don't understand. Like, the one of the opening scenes, and the guy has a snow leopard in the back of his van. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You are in the middle of Florida, and you have a snow leopard in your trunk. These are the types of people who I just don't understand how they have human rights. Just kidding, just kidding. See, this is my humor, and I don't want to get, like you know, bash for it. But I just truly don't understand. Like, why would you want a tiger? Like, it will kill you. 
point blank period i don't care how nice you are to the tiger if the tiger gets pissed off guess what it's coming for your life and there's nothing you can do about it because that tiger is huge you are nothing but a piece of meat to that tiger so why would you even want it in your possession i don't know so i'm watching i'm watching i'm like this is ridiculous i don't like you know obviously i'm intrigued though because I didn't even know these types of people existed in the world. And I honestly could have gone my entire life without knowing. But now that I know, I just have a completely different outlook on America and just humans. I'm just like, how are you? How is this your mind? How is this your life? Please, like, tell me. Joe, like, at what point were you like, you know what? This is going to be, you know, this is going to be me. This is going to be the type of person I am. And same goes for Doc Doc Antle. I mean, excuse me, Bhagavan Antle. Like what? All right. I just I just don't understand. So let's get into it a little bit, you know? Let's get into these characters. Let's do a little analysis, if you will. I'm sorry if this is boring to you. This is like the type of stuff that goes on in my head as it is. So now I'm just saying it out loud. <laughs> so we have the main character, Joe Exotic or later on known as Joe Maldonado Passage, which makes me sick to my stomach because there are spoilers all throughout this little analysis I'm about to do. So if you haven't finished it, don't listen to this. But so his name gets changed to Joe Maldonado. His name gets changed to Joe Maldonado. Oh my God, I cannot pronounce it. Joe Maldonado passage, right? So, in the beginning, we meet his first husband, who is John Finley. And when I tell you, I knew from the moment that they said that Joe Exotic met John Finley when he was 19 years old, like when John Finley was 19 years old, I knew there was something not right with this man. I was like, he's a predator. 19 years old, you're meeting this guy and you take him to your zoo land or whatever and he works there and he becomes your husband. I'm like, all right. And, you know, I was like, okay, love is love. I don't care. You know, do what you want. But at 19 years old, you're taking this dude from whatever life he had and just, you know, sitting him on your zoo as like your husband. I just, I don't know. I didn't believe it. I was like, no, mm mm-mm. Then they let, later introduce his, well, like, his first husband of the series. He previously apparently had, like, two husbands, whatever. So then we meet his second, you know, husband, who is Travis Maldonado. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to be completely honest. Completely honest. I was like, why do I get the feeling that this guy is not gay? And listen, I there is no way to look gay, sound gay. And I am completely aware of that. But when I saw their um, wedding where it was Joe, John, and Travis, I was like, the way that they are kissing this man, they do not seem like they are really, like, in love with him, if anything. Like, they just seem like they're just, you know, it was a very platonic kiss, you know? I was like, hmm, there's something fishy going on here. Let's just keep watching to find out. So I was already on edge about that. They don't really talk about their relationships with Joe very much. I mean, not Travis anyways, for obvious reasons. But John, you know, he doesn't really, like, say much about it. 
Um, I actually read an article afterwards that kind of explained it a little more and how like they separated, which I don't even like, I don't know. I just was like, oh, like, oh, we were married from like 2003 to 2014, I want to say. So I was like, oh, wow, you guys actually like got a divorce. That's crazy. Um, So they were in that like thruple marriage, you know, and then it is later on revealed that um, there was like drug use going on and that Joe would just feed Travis basically like weed and meth and John was like meth was the main drug that they used and um, there's just something about really hardcore drugs like basically anything that isn't weed and like maybe shrooms I just have really like I just don't like it I it just makes me feel like sick to my stomach like it's just so mind altering and body altering that it just kind of like throws me off and I just don't like it um but so like John revealed that that was kind of like what they had going on and so then it made like the situation just a lot more like I just felt a lot more heavy-hearted after that knowing that that was kind of like what their relationship was based off of and that was kind of the reason that they were staying together in the relationship was because like Joe was practically, you know, like grooming these men and just kind of like feeding them whatever they wanted so that they would stay with him, you know? And it's like, okay, hun, if you have to feed these people things like four wheelers and guns and trucks and drugs to stay with you, then maybe, you know, we need to choose a different route. Maybe we just need to, you know, step back and re strategize when it comes to love because this obviously is not working. And then we find out that he took his own life, which was so so sad like that entire episode I just don't even have any words I just was really sad I was speechless like I didn't have anything to say I I just could not believe it like I just couldn't believe it so that was really disheartening but I say all of that just to get to the point that I hate now I understand in certain circumstances where obviously you're gonna keep your partner's last name because you know that was like a part of you but the fact that Joe took his last name and like kept it even though the relationship was so false like he knew that both of the men that he was with were straight he knows that they are straight like John Finley was sleeping with someone like both of them John and Travis were both sleeping with people um who worked on the zoo or whatever you want to call that place, the resort, whatever you want to call it. And it's just like, you you married these two straight men, fed them with drugs and, you know, toys, like guns and four-wheelers. Like, oh my gosh. And another reason why him taking that last name was so disheartening to me, was, was so disheartening to me, was because, after, like, what what did they say, like, two months after... Um, Travis died he like met some new guy and like went and like dated him and married him I'm like are you serious like it's all an act we all know it but it's just so disgusting to see him like keep Travis's last name as the as if like it's something that you know Travis would want I don't know everything about Joe Exotic rubs me the wrong way I mean he's a funny guy don't get me wrong 
but everything about him rubs me the wrong way just the way he like portrayed himself his like whole um strategy to kill carol i'm just like you like you are genuinely obsessed with her and vice versa carol you are obsessed with joe and these are games for children like the games they were playing were so childish on both ends so now that i've covered joe let's get to carol now i'm gonna just say it she killed her husband now <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't know if she fed him to a tiger like chopped him up fed him to a tiger like joe was saying you know nothing he says nothing that comes out of that man's mouth is credible he's just a paranoid lunatic who is very just selfish and self-obsessed but carol killed her husband and let me tell you why the motive behind many things in this show is money and her husband who i unfortunately cannot remember the name of had a lot of money they said he was like a multi-millionaire so you're telling me that carol is gonna let this man leave her with nothing heck no sis knew what she was doing and she knew what she had to do to get her bag and she did that you know what i can't even be mad at her yes i can let me stop and if you you th- if you genuinely think that that man just disappeared, you need to re reevaluate how you look at things, because once again, money. Carol is you know suing Joe Exotic lawsuits left and right, left and right, left and right, and all she wants is money. She just wants him to pay her. She doesn't want his animal reserve. She doesn't want the tigers to come to where she has all of her tigers. No, she just wants him to pay her, like. If you were really about the animals, Carol, you would want the animals. But no, you just want the bag, okay? Like, Carol, let's really... If you are if you want to set an example and you're going to be on the front line of, you know, anti-animal cruelty, PETA, whatever, then you need to really, you know, you need to really be about it. But you're clearly not. So, next caller. <laughs> next caller. Next caller. Okay? Let's talk about... um. Bhagavan Doc Antle for a second because that guy I want to say is almost just as crazy as Joe Exotic. This man is a cult leader. I said it. This man is a cult leader. And he, okay, let me restart that because he is a cult leader, period. There's nothing after that. He is a cult leader. He lures in young women alters their bodies, brainwashes them so that they feel that they have no reason to leave by overworking them and disconnecting them from their families. And they just stay. I'm like, you know, I'm telling you right now, nothing on that reserve is good enough for you to stay. Not even the money, sis. Not even the money. You're there with other women taking care of tigers. You're telling me that's the dream? Whose dream? Whose dream? Whose dream? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. I just don't understand how you go from living in society, having contact with other people on a daily basis, to living with other women and this Bhagavan Doc Antle person who has a soul patch and a ponytail and rides an elephant. Girl, bye. Nope. Anyway, he's a cult leader. He literally thinks that he is in a higher power because he was trained by some dude. I'm just like, all right, 
Where, where, like, where, where is the sanity in this show? The only person that I was really rocking with, just for personality, not because of what they were doing, was the other guy who owned Tigers, um, the previous like drug dealer guy. I liked him. He was like the most sane out of the tiger, you know, exotic animal owners for sure. I really liked him. He was honest. He was owning up to his past. He was like, yeah, like that was how I paid for my, you know, like exotic animal addiction, yada, yada. I was like, thank you for being honest. You know, this is what we need in this show because everybody's a freaking liar. Like that is one thing about the show is everybody's lying. Joe is lying about literally everything. He's broke. He has no money. Just everything. Carol, she's lying about her husband and her beliefs about um, animals because, sis, you, like, I just, the fact that she's even trying to put on this portrayal that she is some animal lover with all these animal printed clothes and everything. Carol, this is exactly what you expect from these states, too. Where was that? Oklahoma, like Ohio or something crazy, and Florida. We all know what goes down in Florida. And there's nothing more to be said. The only time I felt sympathy for Joe Exotic was when he was talking about how he came out as gay and his dad was like, don't come to my funeral. That really, you know, that, you know, made me a little sad. But other than that, I was like, you know what, Joe? Electric chair. Not literally. I'm using that as like a meme reference. Like, I'm just, you know, I don't believe in the death penalty, but you know what I'm saying. Electric chair. You need to go. You need to be done. You need to be done. And I just, you know, it really just proves that people know when, they're do- when they've done wrong because the fact that he literally sent someone to go and kill her, like, you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. You know what you do is wrong. You're out here, quote unquote, euthanizing tigers. You shot the tigers in the head. Like, there's nothing else to say. Like, you shot the tigers in the head. You're taking baby cub tigers from their mothers just to make money like you know you're wrong so you're gonna go and try and kill this woman who has already soured your reputation as the biggest you know animal exotic animal exhibitionist whatever you want to be called you know tiger king whatever honorable mentions go to the one who lost her arm she's a real one you know she said amputate it and let's get back to work oh another honorable mention goes to jeff lowe that guy's freaking funny as heck. Um, he's a he's a fraud too, though. Like you know, we all know. Honorable mention also goes to the one guy, no, two guys. The two guys that worked for Joe Exotic on his little you know reserve or whatever. The one guy who had the long hair and was always smoking cigarettes. He he, you could tell he was so fed up. He was so over all of the shenanigans that would happen. He was over it, and same with. The other guy. Oh my gosh. What was his name? Anyways, he was the one who didn't have any legs from the zipline accident. I liked him a lot too. Except for some reason, I just felt like he was really, you know, kind of leaning towards Joe's side. Even though he knew that Joe was just full of shenanigans, I felt like he was leaning more towards Joe. Which I was like, dude, come on. You know this man is wrong. Like, there is no need to take his side at all. Just let it go, you know? Um, another one goes to the hitman himself. He said, I'm tired of this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm going home. I, the last thing I would want to do is get caught up in some Joe exotic mess. Because I know I would end up in jail. Nothing that man does is legal. Nothing. None of it. Any more honorable mentions in that show? 
Um, oh, the campaign manager for when Joe delusionally ran for president and governor. He was a real one. Um, and I just felt so bad that he had to actually like witness Travis take his own life. That was really unfortunate. Um, but he was real. He, you know, just spit facts the entire time. Um, and just overall, I think it was like a really well-made documentary. You know, it showed like raw, like actual raw moments that happened. Like when Joe was in the cage with the tigers and he thought that someone like put something on his shoe and made the tiger like one... <laughs> want to eat him or whatever the case was that was hilarious because literally the entire staff was just looking like do you expect me to do something do you expect me to jump in there and he had to like you know it was that was hilarious that genuinely was hilarious but I think a lot of that was just super raw and like what genuinely was happening and I really really liked it um even though okay I'll say I liked the way that it was filmed However, the content itself is very questionable, to say the least. Very, very questionable. But yeah, I don't know how much more I have to say on it. You know, Carol killed her husband. Um, Joe's insane. He needs to let go of Travis's last name because it's just false. It's just wrong. And he himself said it. He was like, I fall for straight guys. Okay, well, that's not what we're doing. We're just not going to do that, okay? We're just not. Let's, let's, let's not put ourselves through that, Joe. We're better than that. Are we, though? And when I say we, I genuinely just mean him. But I don't know. It's questionable. It is all just... It's none of my business, I suppose. I guess it is now since they put it on Netflix. But you know what I'm saying. Um, Overall, I would rate it a good 9 out of 10. Um, Yeah, it was good. It's just some of the content is just wild. Like, genuinely wild. And the whole Walmart food truck that is it. the meat truck lord have mercy on my soul like i just will i just hope i never ever have to experience that <laughs> walmart meat truck of expired meat i just i can't but yeah um once again my name is iria thank you for listening i really hope you enjoyed i hope i didn't like you know annoy any of you or you know make a bad first impression i'm just here for a good time just a little chat you know um i hope to do this you know pretty frequently we'll see i just need obviously like topics to talk about but um (laughs) yeah that is you know quarantine episode one done i hope you enjoyed and i will see you guys next time bye